0: here but um welcome to a new house but I already said this but don't get too used to this big living room soon we'll be back in my tiny living room so uh soak it in but don't get too comfortable um so just a shout out to all uh, to Delaney who did an awesome job on Saturday teaching coffee and conversations if you weren't there you should listen to the podcast because she did such a great job and I'm just very thankful. I always say this. I'm very thankful for people who are such great teachers that are willing to teach. And I'm so thankful for you guys who show up every week and listen and contribute. So thank you so much for everything that you guys do to help our church. Um, So review from last week, the Israelites complained to God, but God still provided for them. I guess they complained to Moses, but God still provided for them. So they complained. They're like, we're hungry. And he gave them manna, and we're thirsty, and he gave them water. Um, But he gave them good food, right? He gave them good manna and good water, so he gave them good things that they didn't really deserve, but he gave them to them because he's a good God. And they're in the wilderness, so God is allowing them to walk through a lot of different trials, and he's, like, kind of building their faith, right? So he's, like, he's walking them through a series of tests which show that there's a lot for them to grow in, right? We're learning that every week. Um, But he's teaching them that he's going to provide for them that he's the one true God and he's all that they need. Uh, But they are very slow learners, and we're going to get another reminder that they're slow learners today. um, We're going to be reading chapters 17 and 18, um, and you might have some deja vu with this chapter because it's kind of the same situation that happened last week. Um, The Israelites come to a new part in the wilderness, and they're out of water again, and they're so thirsty, and they start to quarrel with Moses and complain to him. Um, So yeah, we can go ahead and open to Exodus 17 if you're not there already. But a common theme in these two chapters that we're going to read. Um, is the sharing of burdens. So we're going to see that Moses, as amazing of a leader that he is and how he does so many awesome things for the Lord and for the people, he's a human being. He can't do it all. And so we're going to see him having to share his burdens with other people. Um, So that's kind of like the overarching theme of these two chapters is sharing of burdens among believers, um, which is something that God calls us to do with one another. Um, Moses can't lead all these people alone. He's not God. He's just a human, even though God is working through him. So um, there's a lot to learn here. Um, So yeah, so we, the first part of this, of chapter 17, uh, the Israelites are thirsty and they turn to Moses and they grumble and they are so mad at Moses. So starting in verse two, I'll go ahead and read that for us. Uh, Therefore the people quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water and the people grumbled against Moses and said, why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, what shall I do with these people? They're almost ready to stone me. Um, so the people are so mad that they're getting ready to kill Moses. So they must be very dehydrated. They're very delusional. They're uh, wanting to kill Moses because they don't have water. So we have like this bird's eye view of their situation because we're not there. And we see like the context of their situation and we're on the outside. Um so why is it kind of crazy that they are so upset about not having water? Why is that kind of crazy to us looking on the outside?
1: Well, didn't God like already provide water for them mm-hmm. at one
0: point? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a few days ago God provided water for them. And they're thirsty again and they immediately go into despair and hopelessness and anger. And they're like, "God, like God won't provide water for us. Moses, we're mad at you." Like, we just want to die. Take us back to Egypt, which is crazy. But we do that same thing. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I'll reach, like, even just a minor inconvenience in my life, and I'll be like, nah, my life sucks. This is terrible. God is not good. Like, something that's so minor. Um, so we're just like the Israelites. Um, they get thirsty and throw everything that they've learned out the window. They forget the faithfulness of God. They forget His goodness, um, and they respond with hopelessness and complaining and anger. Um. So after having Moses is, after Moses is threatened by some dehydrated Israelites, he turns to the Lord right away and he says um, to the Lord, what shall I do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord responds to him. Um, and says, um, pass on before the people taking with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff with you and you struck the Nile and go, behold, I will stand before you there on the rock of Horeb and you shall strike the rock and water shall come out of it and the people will drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. Um, So Moses constantly goes right to God. Anytime he's approached with the problem, he goes straight to the Lord, which is something that we all can learn from that. As soon as we're struck with a problem, we can go immediately to the Lord, and the Lord tells Moses exactly what to do. Um, and this miracle is amazing for a lot of reasons. Rocks can't just naturally produce water, right? It's not like we hit any rock and it just springs forth water, right? So, like this miracle is amazing because God is taking something that is like impossible to bring water out of, and He's providing water for. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Um, so only God can do this kind of miracle. Um, and also, it shows that God is gracious with His people. The people didn't deserve water. They didn't deserve deserve water the first time. They definitely don't deserve it this time. But God is good and gracious and patient, and He gives the Israelites water. Um, but finally, this picture is also this this uh, the picture of the rock, like of, of Moses striking the rock with water. It's a picture of something much bigger. Any ideas on what? Um, this rock being struck by the staff symbolizes. Yeah, Caitlin!
2: Um, maybe, like, a foreshadowing, like, I don't know if this is right, foreshadowing of, like, when the veil is mm. Yeah, know. like when... Like, because it splits? Yeah, I don't know. yeah,
0: because I don't know if the rock, is the rock split? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. That's how and I that, imagine it. At yeah, like, like the <laughs> rock breaking open and springing forth water. And, Jesus is our living water. Yes, yeah, it definitely represents like Jesus, and that's my yeah, that's great. Yeah, any other like ideas on what this rock could symbolize?
1: I'd say like them like coming out of Egypt. Like everyone mm. thought that it was going to be absolutely impossible for Israelites to ever be able to leave Egypt. And, yeah, like, leave. slavery. Just like you think it's mm. impossible for water to come out of a rock, but like God was able to make that happen.
2: Yeah.
0: He's like the God of the impossible, brings water out of rocks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This 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 miracle goes hand in hand with a lot of other things that God does, that God can provide water out of nothing. God can bring people out of a powerful nation. God eventually tear, tears the veil or, like, allows us to have an intimate relationship with him. Um, but this rock, this this action of Moses striking the rock, this is a picture of Jesus dying on a, on the cross for us, right? So the rock is being struck by the staff, just like Jesus was struck down for our transgressions. And then, like Caitlin said, out of Jesus' life flows living water, water for everyone, and anyone who drinks of it will be satisfied. Not just physically satisfied, but spiritually satisfied. Um, so this is just a picture of the gospel. And we know this based on 1 Corinthians 10.4. If you guys want to turn there real fast. 1 Corinthians 10, 4. Um, I'll go ahead and read it for, that, for us. Um, and this is... Paul is referring to this story in Exodus. He says, And all drank from the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that flowed from them. The rock was Christ. So this rock is a symbol of Christ. Um, and throughout the Bible, like... Jesus is described as the rock. He's our foundation. He's the rock of ages. Um, So the rock is struck down, and out from the rock flows rivers of uh, living water. Um, So if you guys know the story of Jesus with the woman at the well, that's when he tells her... Um, the woman is like drawing up water and he's like, do you want to, th- do you want to never thirst again? And she thinks that he's talking about physical thirst, but he's actually talking about like spiritual thirst, that deep emptiness that you feel inside of you when you don't know Jesus or you're not walking with him. And he's saying, I am the living water. Whoever drinks for me will have eternal life and you will never be thirsty again. And then out of the person that drinks that living water out of them flows, etern- that out of them flows life. Um, So yeah, throughout the Old Testament, we get these really cool pictures that point to something bigger, that point to the gospel. Every single page of the Old Testament has the gospel written all over it, even in books like Leviticus or Judges, where um, I was reading in Judges this morning about a really horrible story about a girl who was literally raped by like 20 men. And I was like, where's the gospel in this? Um... And it was kind of hard to find the gospel, but it's there. You have to really dig for it. And so the gospel is like written on every single page of the Old Testament and throughout the whole Bible. It's all about Jesus. So it's really cool to see this rock. God is using this story to point to something bigger. He's not just providing for the Israelites physical thirst. He's pointing to what he's doing in the bigger picture of life, which is really cool. Um, Any thoughts on that, on that little gospel picture that we see in this story?
1: Cool.
0: Well, we will move on to the next section then. So, the people learn that God will provide for them and that He, um, He is enough for them. Um, so, in this next section, Israel goes to ba- to battle with a, a Amalek. I never said this name. I never said his name out loud. Is it Amalek? Amalek? I think it's Amalek.
3: Yeah.
0: Amalek. So Israel goes to battle with Amalek. Um, So Moses grabs his staff and he goes on top of a hill and the people fight below him. um, And he goes on top of the hill to pray for them um, and to kind of intercede on their behalf. So what does it mean? What does it mean to intercede? Like when someone says that they're interceding for someone, what is, what does that mean?
3: Take their place.
0: Take their place. Yeah. You're like standing in the middle ground. Yeah. Yeah, so Moses is interceding, so he's praying, and he's kind of fighting for the people as they fight, which is kind of cool to think about. Um, so he's on top of this hill, and he's praying. Um, and starting in verse 10, he it says, So Joshua did as Moses told him, and fought with Amalek, while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went on top of the hill. Whenever Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed, and whenever he lowered his hand... Amalek prevailed, but Moses' hands grew weary, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it, while Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and one on the other side. So his hands were steady until the going down of the sun, and Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the sword. Um, so what is the like longest time you guys think you could hold up your hands? Like on your own?
1: is this drill? and it's really? so hard yeah no way yes yeah, how long like, did you like, go to, like go like this i like maybe a minute and a half or two really? minutes yeah and then you oh. like sneak going down real quick and then try to move down. <laughs> yeah. but it's like wow. so hard that's crazy like, that they have you do
0: that at drill yeah yeah
1: huh i don't know yeah it's so hard it, and yeah. like, your shoulders burn so much yeah so. I couldn't imagine having to do that all day
0: long. All day long. Yeah, and then having thousands of people's life dependent on you holding up your hands and not yeah. yeah. It could last a few hours.
3: But definitely not all day Yeah,
0: no, no way. And Moses couldn't last all day. That's why he needed help from other people. Um, so in the same way, sometimes prayer feels like you're holding up your hands for a long time. I don't know if you guys have ever tried to pray longer than like, 10 minutes but it's really hard right it's like an extra it's like exercising your brain um and so praying at least for me sometimes I get really weary when I pray and it feels like I get distracted or um I feel like I'm not as like focused as I should be um Or maybe I just forget to, or maybe some days I just don't want to pray. Like, if I'm being honest, I don't know if any of of you guys have ever felt that way. Um, Prayer is hard. And Moses right here is showing us that prayer is really, really hard. Um, But Moses knew that his intercession for the Israelites was a life or death situation. Um, So how would your prayers be different if you knew that your prayers had a life or death um could if your prayers could make a difference between life or death? Like if you if your prayers like meant someone either lived or they died or they went to heaven or they went to hell, how would you pray differently?
1: Probably pray more often. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. More Our, prayers. yeah. Our prayers do
3: do that. I mean it's not as yeah. immediate. It's not like we're gonna stop praying and then all of a sudden this marriage was going to fall apart if i stop praying for them mm-hmm. right like it's not going to be as immediate as what Moses was saying yeah but if i stop praying for a friend of mine who's struggling with sin or a friend mm-hmm. of mine who is you know that's not me that i'm not praying for them and going to and laying them at the lord's feet mm-hmm. like, if they're not doing it themselves like it's my job to yeah. help you know yeah. so like i pray like they do
2: because they do yeah
0: yeah yeah which is kind of like my whole point here is like we should be praying that way. Like even though we know God is sovereign and that he's ultimately in control it doesn't change the fact that we should pray like it is life or death. I've I heard this quote once and I'm going to butcher it, but it said like pray like it's life or death, but trust in the Lord like he like it all depends on him. I don't know. It's something that of that of that combination of like the Lord is sovereign, but also our prayers matter so much. And so it's like trusting him, but also praying with so much intention, like it's life or death, um, because our prayers do matter. Yeah. Um, Prayer is like our communication with God. God uses our prayers and he answers our prayers. Um, God's ways are way higher than our own. And I have a feeling we're going to get to heaven one day and we're going to realize how important prayer was. And we're going to be like, uh why did i pray like all the time like we're gonna realize how powerful it actually was and how god used our prayers to work in his will lots of different sounds here um <laughs> mainly from him <laughs> um at least do you think that you could take mav put his bone like up there see if he stays up there <laughs> if macy listens to this your dog's making a lot of noise macy <laughs> go follow
1: Elise. We'll see.
0: I don't want him to bark either. So we're going to get to heaven one day and see how God uses our prayers to kind of weave into his will and exactly how it works. And we're probably going to be like, why didn't I pray so much more than I did right now? Because right now we can't see exactly how our prayers work or what God does with them or what kind of impact they have. Um, But we do know that our prayers matter. The Bible tells us our prayers matter. And it tells us over and over again to make sure we're in prayers. And if you are a believer, if you're walking with the Lord, if you know Jesus as your Savior, your prayers are powerful because the Spirit of the living God lives inside of you, and He's helping you pray. So if God Himself is helping you pray, you better believe that your prayers are powerful because God is helping you along the way. Um, And it's not because you're powerful, it's because He's powerful. Um, So pray like your prayers do have a life or death situation. Like you're like Moses who... If his hands fall, then his nation dies. Um, That's kind of like our responsibility. So like Andrea said, pray for your friends who are struggling. Like your prayers are the only ones that matter, even though you know that God is sovereign in the whole process. Um, So Moses didn't do this by himself, though. I think something, I love this story. I think it's so beautiful because Moses is a weak man. Have you guys ever felt like so weak that you like can't pray?
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah yeah So, weak. so
0: weak that I can't do anything, yeah but I love bread. right, yeah, so like Moses is getting to this point where he's so weak, and he needs two of his friends, Aaron and her, to step alongside of him and hold up his hands for him, so as Mo- I think this is so cool, as Moses is interceding for the Israelites, Aaron and her are interceding for Moses, so like how cool is that that Aaron and her are supporting Moses as Moses is supporting the Israelites, and they're all doing this together, um. So, what does this story, this picture, teach us about our responsibility to pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ?
3: It exists.
0: <laughs> we yeah. should. Yeah. Like, it's so important. Yeah. Yeah. And to, to not only pray, and but also, like, support with our words and our actions, and, yeah. Were you going to say something, Delaney? Yeah.
2: Like, of course there could be the argument that, like, you know, God can do everything, so... Through God Moses could have kept his arms up. Hmm. But there is no humanly possible way that he could have could could have done that without his friends, right? So I think it's such a beautiful picture of just what friendship should be like.
3: Yeah. Well, and it's also they're actively helping. Mm. They aren't sitting yeah. next to him or like lower on the hill or in the shade, out of the way of the sun. Yeah. Right. And saying, "You let us know if you need some help, okay? Can just, just, it? just <laughs> <let us laughs> shout out. Go, Moses!" And then they're like sitting there, like playing jacks or something. Yeah. Like
0: they're yeah. sitting there and
3: they're like, "Okay, well, he's got to do this, and we're here, so we're it. Like, we're going to mm. be helping him." They're they physically go and
1: pull his arms up. Yeah.
3: Like, how many times have we said, okay, I'll be praying for you, or you let mm. me know if you need something, and we never check back in. We never actually mm. pray for them. We never follow up. We never say something else. And I'm not saying that you're always going to get it right, and you're always going to follow up because we're mm-hmm. human and we're going to yeah. make mistakes. But, like, how many times do we not actively support the people that mm. we say we're praying for? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even if you can't, like, support them, like, physically, like, holding their arm up, like, are you checking back in? Are Mm. you asking about it again?
0: Right. Yeah, I know what you mean. Because sometimes there's not an active way to help. Right. But sometimes the best thing that you can do is let them... Delaney always says, hold space.
3: Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. allow
0: them to talk. Allow allow them to know that you care for them.
3: Or even just remind them that... Oh, sorry, did I cut you off? Oh, I just... Go ahead. Then you... (laughs) Or even just remind them that you remember their prayer. You remember what they asked for and you've been actively praying for. Like, Mm. you know, how how did the job interview go? Or are you feeling better? Or I've been praying for you this week. How's it been going? Mm. Like, some of the most powerful people in David's life have been praying. Like, David asked a friend of his in college, Hey, be praying for my brother. He's got this real bad eczema, this skin thing. And he's like, okay. Sounds good, and months and months and months later, Mm. they met up again, and he said, hey David, how's your brother? What are you talking about? What do you mean, how's my brother? Your brother, his skin, how is he? And he was totally healed by that point, totally fine, and he was like, really? He's fine? He's been on my list! Like, he's good? Like, how many times do we do that? Do we pray so fervently, and we follow up so well
2: to do that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. We should do it. it. Yeah.
2: Sorry. Oh, you're totally good. I was just like... On, I don't remember what the first point you said was, but it just came to my mind. It's like your friends claiming that your battle is my battle, too. Mm, yeah. Like, that's just, I don't know. It's so cool to think about.
3: Well, it's helpful also to know that someone is actively on your side. They're not just, like, hanging out over in the cheerleading section. They're, like, in the ring with you holding the blood rag, right? Like, here's yeah. the water, you keep going, like, I'm going to be here for you, or whatever. Mm. And
2: that's, like... the a morbid example. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it gets your point across. And I just feel like, I don't know, I just love... That's one of my favorite stories, just because mm. of just the beautiful display of friendship that is. Yeah. Because that kind of friendship is only from the Lord. Because yeah. that kind of love for other people is only from the Lord. Yeah, Well, oh, they sure. had to have
3: known that what they were
2: doing had more importance than just helping
3: out Moses, mm. right? They had to have known that what they were doing was glorifying the Lord and helping a whole nation of people. That's, that's friendship. Like, that's really, mm. really good. That's big.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And they, it's not like they had any strings attached when they were helping Moses. Like, their arms were just as tired as Moses's arms because they're holding up their arms with weight on their arms now. And, like, it's not like they were going to get praise for it or a cookie or money like there was no incentive it, it was just oh I'm here I'm gonna help Moses it was no strings attached um, so yeah I think you guys said it so well that we should be holding one another up standing with that with our friends praying fervently for them supporting them uh, we should all be prayer warriors for each other um, and I was so convicted this week uh, over this story just like thinking about how how much more I should be praying for the people in my life and actually supporting them and helping them um like how often am I just like fervently praying for the people in my life it's like it's not as nearly as much as it should be and so we really have to ask ourselves like how often am I interceding on behalf of my friends um And praying for them like it's life or death because we can't do this alone and I think sometimes it's really easy to read these stories and and think of all the ways people aren't like supporting us but and even though that is true we have to like there does come times where like we need to be like okay why I need to actually ask for help but also always be looking for ways to support others um with no strings attached um knowing that when we are weak our friends can hold up our hands and we can be those friends if we need to be um, and so yeah, such an awesome picture um, and it's crazy that like this story actually happened like it's not just like a like a child's tale or a bedtime story or like some like like other Legend, yeah, it's not a legend. He
3: set his hands down, they were losing the war. And the <laughs> down
0: and they yeah, it's got all the
3: elements
0: yeah like. but it's like not a legend, it's totally real. And God totally like allowed the Israelites to succeed. And then another cool thing about it is that Moses doesn't take any of the glory for himself, Moses was the one that was praying all day long with his hands up probably couldn't like lift his hands for like a week they were so sore but he doesn't take any of the glory he gives all the glory to the lord he's like the lord won this this battle and he actually says something really cool he says um the lord is my banner where does he say that 15 he says the lord is my banner basically like the lord is the one who won this battle it wasn't me so it's like when we pray and we get an answer to our prayers it's not us like we don't take any of the credit it's like sure i might have prayed on my knees for seven years for this to happen but none of the glory goes to me it's all the lord which i think is such a hard attitude to have but the right attitude that we should have um so yeah pretty cool um and then chapter 18 I have never studied this chapter before, like in depth, and it's just so good to think about. Um, so, in chapter eighteen, Moses meets back up with his father-in-law Jethro. And do you guys remember Zipporah, his wife? That interesting situ, this interesting situation when they're along the road, and then God stopped them, and he's like, "Circumcise your son, or I'm going to kill you." Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah that was weird. But um, so he actually sent Zipporah ho- home, and we didn't, we don't know this until this point, but. Zipporah went back to hit her father with Moses' sons, um, and they lived there for a little while while Moses was doing all this stuff. So this is kind of like a family reunion. So imagine like a husband and a wife being apart from each other, kids being apart from their father. So this is like a beautiful reunion. Um, and Moses's father-in-law is also coming with them and he has an opportunity to see Moses in action, like what Moses does day to day for like his job, kind of. So he's like just watching, he's observing, Jethro is kind of like the boss that comes in to look at like how you're doing to give you advice. Um, so Jethro is a man of God. He's a priest from his town and Moses really values him and honors him. Um, so yeah, Jethro is walking with the Lord, which is why what he says is so important and why Moses can trust him. Um, so really cool part about this story is that Moses is an incredible leader right now. He's leading all these people. Um he's doing crazy things for the Lord. The Lord is working through him in miraculous ways. But when he meets Jethro, um I think it's in verse 13. Oh. Oh, I think he, there's to get the yeah. Can you grab that, Elise?
1: <laughs> <laughs> is he eating
0: it? There's chocolate in there. How much, How much of it did he eat?
1: What?
0: How much of it did he eat? The whole
2: oh. No! <laughs> <gasps> the whole loaf! I'm pretty yeah. sure
0: if just, a, I'm pretty sure if are bad for dogs in like certain quantities, then just really? yeah, watch out for like diarrhea or something. Oh, oh man. It <laughs> <Anna> has <laughs> chocolate in it too. Okay,
3: so oh,
2: So put all the food on the big counter. <laughs> if it does too much chocolate in
0: it, it'll be okay. It's just yeah. little chocolate chips. Yeah. He'll
2: probably just have diarrhea. So yeah.
0: yeah. He's gonna have a lot of diarrhea. Oh man! Is It's like
2: banana bread.
0: Yeah, it's banana bread. Oh, it should be fine. You I think give so? my dog bananas every
1: day.
0: Just... Okay, yeah. okay. Well, and I also <laughs> made a mistake when I fed him two. I they told me two scoops. <laughs> Did I tell you the story, Elise? Yeah, don't worry, tell us yeah, and Macy listened, You're so she's, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Um, but they said two scoops of food for Mav, and so I went out to the garage where they keep their food, and the scoop in there is ginormous. And I was like
3: two scoops of this.
0: No wonder he's so chunky. And so I gave him two scoops, and it was like overflowing out of his bowl. And I was like, oh whatever, like <laughs> 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 two scoops. And then today, I, or yesterday, I found the actual, where they actually keep the food that they want him to have, and it's just a tiny little scoop. <laughs> <laughs>
2: he's like, oh, this is really good. Yeah, he's like, I love Riley. See? <laughs>
0: yeah that was just a stupid move on my part because i was like this scoop is ginormous but it's what they use to transfer the dog food to the other yeah. it's bad That's bad funny. bad yeah so he might be like five pounds heavier when they back <laughs> between the whole loaf of bread and the extra food I know, little girl. um but yeah so anyway jethro is able to watch moses lead his people and he's observing the day in and day out so we get a little window into what moses's life looks like and it is stressful. So we see in verse thirteen through sixteen. I'll go ahead and read that for us. Um, the next day Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood around Moses from morning till evening. When Moses, his father-in-law, saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, "What is it that you are doing to- for the people? Why do you sit alone, and all the people stand around you from morning to evening?" And Moses said to his father-in-law, "Because the people come to me to inquire of God." When they have a dispute, they come to me and I decide between one person and another and I t- and I make them know the statutes of God and his laws. So this is stressful, right? Moses literally all day long has people coming to him with their problems and their questions. Um, and he's trying to fix their problems and teach them about God and do all these things. And keep in mind, there's like 2 million people, right? Uh, like of the Israelites, like there's so many people. Um, so this is very stressful. I would be stressed out of my mind. And Jethro has an outside view and he sees that Moses is just a human being. Moses can't do this for very long. Um, he's worried that Moses is going to get burnt out, right? Which is a term that we use nowadays for like when you just can't do your work anymore, where you've taken on too much, you're stretched too thin. Um, so Moses is on a quick, speedy road to absolute burnout. Um, and he gives Moses some really practical advice, um starting in verse 18 he says you and the people and, and the people with you will certainly wear yourselves out for the thing is too heavy for you you are not able to do it alone now obey my voice I will give you advice and God be with you you shall represent the people before God and bring their causes to God and you shall warn them about the statues and the law and make known to them the way in which they must walk and what they must do Moreover, look to the able men from all the people, men who look to look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate a bribe, and place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties and of tens, and let them judge the people at all times. Every great matter shall be brought to you, but every small matter they shall decide among themselves, so it'll be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. If you do this, God will direct you, you'll be able to endure, and all the people will also go to their place in peace. So how would you summarize Jethro's advice for Moses?
1: I feel like he just created the... Oh my god. <laughs> 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 yeah. He's like yeah. the like, appellate court and then he like the supreme court. Like, literally that's what he just did. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's like setting up like a government system for yeah. Moses. Yeah. 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 How else would you summarize Jethro's advice? Like what was he telling him to do? Because Too
3: much to get
0: help. Yeah, he's like Moses, you're crazy. <laughs> you're going to die. Well,
3: and the cool thing is that like Because Jethro wasn't Hebrew.
0: No. Was he? I do not think he was. No, he's from Midian. He's a
3: Midianite, yes. Okay, see, that's what thought. Because in verse 11, he says, Now I know that the Lord is greater than all the other gods, mm. for he did this, fit, blah, blah, So this is not a dude that has, like, been around the God mm. for a long time and understood him as that's who he is. And he's telling Moses, May God be with you, and God mm. will help you with this, and, like, He's in on it yeah. already, and he's saying, Moses, you're going to get burnout, out, even with all this help from God. Like, ah,
2: yeah. this is way
3: too much for a human. Mm. Get help. God will follow the ranks and help. like, Yeah. He immediately also turned right to the Lord, and was like, God will lead you through this, but
0: mm-hmm. get some help. Yeah. 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 Like, the strength of the Lord can, like, it's strong. Like, Moses, like, the Lord's given him enough strength to get to this point, but he also is a human. Yeah. Yeah, he basically says to Moses, you can't do this on your own. You will grow weary and you will probably go crazy, right? Um you need other men to step alongside of you. And then also Moses like is it he's going to die one day, right? And then is some other leader going to come in and take over everything that Moses has done? Like that's just almost impossible. Um and so he tells him to look for men who are worthy to take leadership position. Um, and basically, like Kayla says, build a government. Um, so Jeth- Jethro gives him practical, step by step guide to what it looks like to lead a nation. Um, and Jethro helps Moses see clearly what is wrong and that it's not good for him. That he can't do it all on his own. Um, he does it with such gentleness and care. Right? He's always pointing back to the Lord. He never tells Moses like, "You are a terrible leader and you're doing too much." He like you. He's always. He's just like very gentle and caring and takes Moses's, like, leadership and how his, and all his hard work into account, um, which I think shows us how we can kind of give critique sometimes, too. Um, so why do you guys think it's wise um, to bring other leaders in? Why would it be wise to just take it from Moses to Moses and, like, 50 other guys? Other than the fact that Moses just can't do it all.
1: I mean, I feel like it just also gives other people the opportunity to be a leader in Mm -hmm. Christ and to, like, understand the qualities that they need to, like, represent, like, what Christ says and, like, Mm -hmm. be that, like, leader that can lead other people to him and, like, lead other people to make, like, more godly decisions Mm -hmm. and, like, handle their disputes in a more godly way. Yeah. It's like that's just, like, really good for them. Yeah,
0: it'll definitely grow a lot of men Mm -hmm. and leaders up.
1: It also kind
3: of creates a little bit of... Mm. leadership, I Yeah. Guess. Most often when there is a single leader or a single person mm-hmm. responsible for these decisions or a single person that's in this one position, whatever, they're corrupt. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. The power goes to their head, they become prideful, mm-hmm. they start bending rules for themselves, whatever right. form you want to talk about, they just become corrupt in some okay. way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Lord is working through Moses, so he has less of a chance to become that but he he is human right meaning that 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 doesn't exist anymore right he's still just as susceptible for that crazy corruption but if he's got a system of other people and jethro says um select capable men men who fear god men who hate dishonest gain right like make it a lot of people is he okay Okay. i think
0: he's just whining can you check on him Elise? Mm -hmm. He let him out if he needs to.
3: But if he's creating this system of people who, like you said, are leaders in Christ and they have good morals and good directions and mm-hmm. all these things, if he makes the wrong decision, they're all going to be like, Dude, what's yeah. going on? Like, Get it together. Somebody's going to call him out, even though he is like, the head honcho. Hmm. There's more people closer yeah. to him that can call him out too, so it kind of helps with the whole...
0: At least it's it's at the bottom of the door is the... Uh, bottom, bot- very bottom. You see that little button? You just slide it over. <laughs> yes. yes. Accountability. Accountability. Yeah, so true. Because when you look at, like, especially, like, pastors who have fallen or, like, any leader who's fallen or any corrupt leadership, it's usually because they don't have people around them that are being like hey um you should you should do that or you need to think differently or hey let's consider this other viewpoint um yeah we definitely need accountability because we're sinful humans good job guys
2: this was just like an example of overlearning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this
3: is why you need multiple people. Yes, <laughs> to help you. To help Aww. you. <laughs> so if Moses needs a sick J. Yes. <laughs> to to yeah. Fill.
2: Yeah. Like
0: if Moses gets sick, then someone can fill in for him. Yeah. Moses is a human being, and yes, God is with him, and He's working through him. But Moses can't lead a whole nation on his own, and he will crumble. He needs other leaders. Um, So Moses listens to Jethro's advice, and he puts men in charge of groups. um, And he's basically getting the nation ready for whenever he leaves, and he's probably making it more successful. And then I'm sure it adds many more years onto Moses' life, because when you're under that much stress, you don't live very long. So um, it probably gives him a longer life, so he's able to be a leader for longer. Um, So... Why can trying to do it all be dangerous for us? When we don't want to ask for help, why is it dangerous?
2: Because we can't, and it leads
0: to pride. Yeah. And pride is a very
1: easy sin to fall into. And so it's easy. a very powerful sin.
0: Yeah. And it comes in many different forms.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure.
3: And even if it... Doesn't lead to like I'm the best pride like you wear the 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 badge of like stress or like burnout or I only got one hour of sleep last night or I only did you know I only I I didn't eat till ten o'clock tonight or I only drink mm. a little bit of water right like mm. your shortcomings and the things that are a result of your burnout become like a badge of honor and like
0: mm. you know like and that's you know just like so about? toxic. It's so
3: <gasps> unhealthy. Like yeah. it's so bad for you. You start to be like proud of it almost. Mm-hmm. And I mean that's the pride thing, but like you're proud of how burnt out you are, how mm-hmm. unhealthy you are, how tired you are, how
1: yeah.
3: and that's like it's look cool. how much I'm doing by not like look taking to, yeah. care of myself. Yeah. yeah. It, well and it also becomes like it's just too much. Mm. <laughs> it just, like, you guys have heard me talk about my college schedule. I did all the classes, all the organizations. I had three jobs during the summer and three different jobs during the school year. Like, mm. I had all the things happening. It was, like, I was trapped. I was just mm. trapped. I was stuck. Yeah. <laughs> because I thought that it was the only thing that I was could do. Like, I thought right. that that was it, that that's what I needed to do. And I could have asked for help. I should have mm. asked for help. But I thought... I really need to, like I'm supposed to be independent. Like I'm Mm. supposed to be learning how to be an adult. I'm supposed to be independent. And that's where it gets hard for us, especially in the stages of life that we're all at. Like we're supposed to be learning how to be good, independent adults, right? Yeah. Independent adults ask for help. (laughs) They Mm. know what they cannot do. Right. They know their limits. The ones that are really great and really successful know those things. Mm. So if I just want to be an adult, sure. Let's keep going with the burnout cycle. Let's keep going with the crazy schedule. Fine, but if I want to be successful, if I uh, want to be really good at it, I should ask for help, hmm. right? Like, yeah. lighten the load. Life gets easier when you have help. Whatever. Yeah. Or even just a sounding board.
0: Right. That stuff. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's very dangerous to try to do it all, to do all the jobs, Hi. to do all, to lead a whole, like, if you guys have ever led a program or a... Uh, um a ministry or uh just even like your own classroom or whatever you're leading or trying to put together on your own if you do it all by yourself it can be really harmful and dangerous and just a recipe for burnout thank you does he look sick
3: (laughs)
2: Uh,
0: (laughs) yeah there is it's on the it's on the wall what are you gonna say delaney
2: i feel like oh it's raining I feel like not asking for help is also like the recipe for isolation. Yeah. Because I know when I don't ask for help and I try to do it all on my own, I isolate myself. Mm.
3: And then it's easier to fall into sin, to fall into things like anxiety or depression or just really, really low points that lead to sin or that lead to just not good
2: places. Like, yeah. And, and then you're like, God, where are you at? And he's like, I've been here. You're the one doing this. Mm. You're but running away. Like, I haven't moved. <laughs> i also think it's like
1: part like if something goes wrong and like what you're doing like fails like if it's like a group of people who made the decision to do something and it doesn't go the right way then like that group can come together like okay where did we go wrong what can we do better that sort of thing but if it's just you and what you're doing goes wrong like you're gonna have so much blame and guilt on yourself and like those are all such negative emotions that like aren't gonna do any good for you so I think that's
0: a big factor, too. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, and there's, like, nothing worse than feeling like you are the one that makes or breaks something. Yeah. Like, then it just feels like a million pounds on your chest.
3: And, I mean, what, 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 what she said, loneliness itself mm. is, <laughs> is, like, the devil's tool. It just, it just is. The times in my life when I had felt lonely or just let myself believe mm. that I'm lonely. Yeah.
2: I'm not actually allowed.
3: So so, yeah. I read shh, Hang on I
2: read something. I
0: was gonna send it to you guys my draw. <laughs> Maverick's so excited.
3: He's like, I got to go
0: outside, I'm good. Okay. Oh, down this hallway on your uh oh, right. Okay. Yes. Okay.
3: So I read this thing, it says, and it's kind of on the topic, but it's kind of not, but it, it's a okay, bad Um It's this post from somebody. I don't know what it's about, but it's good. So it says, you hate yourself so loudly. You hate yourself at the top of your lungs. Your loathing for yourself permeates your speech. You say things like, sorry, I'm just rambling. Don't worry about it. Just ignore me. Sorry if I'm annoying you. Sorry, I don't make sense. Sorry about that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You act as if you have to beat everyone else to the punch as if the punching bag is you. If you hate yourself first, if you hate yourself loudest, then nobody will hurt you. You clapped your hands over your ears and shut your eyes and bald yourself up so that you'd never have to experience people's loathing for you because you did it yourself. And it meant that you never heard their love. You drowned it out, you screamed your hatred over their love, and you never got to hear it." So like, allowing ourselves to get to the point of burnout where we're so lonely, and we say all of these things because every one of us has said all of those things, probably to every one of us in this room. Mm-hmm. Like, when we get to a point where we're so burdened, where we're so burnt out, where we get to a loneliness point, we can't hear God's love. Yeah. We can't hear the love of the people around us that God has used, you know? And so if we make it a habit not to ask for help, not to reach out to others around us, we let ourselves get in the place where this is what, it's Mm. possible and this is what we do right yeah and And self-hatred three steps away
0: from this yeah no and self-hatred is like definitely not Mm. what the lord has for us and i was actually talking to a high schooler today um she i was talking about humility and she like stopped me and she was like i have no idea what humility is and i was like (laughs) okay uh square one (laughs) and we were talking about how humility is different than self-hatred that it's not the same thing that humble people don't hate themselves. Humble people just don't really think about themselves that much, and so, and so it's like, self hatred is not something to be prideful about either, and it's something that the Lord doesn't want for us. We all slip into it really easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Thanks for sharing that, Andrea. Very powerful.
3: I know it's like three or four steps down the conversation oh. away from what we were talking about. That's okay. Why are you apologizing? I'm oh, sorry. Never mind. You just read. <laughs> hey, it was so yes even-
0: <laughs> <laughs> you just read something about apologizing you're doing it so hey, that- stop it <laughs> Okay. um there we go. but yes we cannot do it all we weren't created to do it all and we can fool ourselves into think we can do it all but we can't and i'm literally preaching this to myself right now i was like so wrecked by this this week i was just like oh my gosh like we are weak. we have weaknesses we're humans we can't we, it's prideful to think that we can do it all. We need each other's helps. We helps. We need each other's help. We need to be able to hold up each other's arms and allow people to hold up our arms because we need people. Uh, Moses could not lead alone, and he, and if you notice Moses' attitude when he responds to Jethro, he's very humble, right? He does it. He trusts him. He sees it, and he's like, "You're right. I'm a human being. I'm weak." And I need help, and so he he humbly receives it, and that's the mark of a good leader. Is a leader who can take criticism, advice, new ideas, and not just shut it off, not just toss it to the side, not just say no. I'm strong enough. I can do it all. A good leader is one who humbly admits their faults, their weaknesses, and accepts advice. Um, so, how do you guys typically react to criticism in your life? I usually
2: cry a lot. Mm-hmm personally <laughs>
0: but yeah how else what do you guys like go, goes through your mind when you receive criticism
2: i think for me it's like it could be like the smallest like little thing yeah and i would just like overthink it hmm. and then overthinking that one little small thing would like, lead to me making <clears throat> like oh well like, what else am I doing wrong? Or what else mm-hmm. do I need to improve on? And
0: then, like, that spirals. And yeah, it's just,
2: like, a spiral. Spiral. Yeah. 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 I was going to say something pretty similar to you, Maddie. Like, I just overthink it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, well, if I'm doing this wrong, am I doing that wrong, too? And what right. if I just suck?
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what if <laughs> That's pretty everything I do is bad? one yeah. <laughs> will tell me, because they want to protect my feelings. <laughs> oh, man. That's pretty spot on. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. Just yeah. a very quick spiral. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How we react to criticism reveals something very deep about our hearts, right? Like, if you react... Like, for me, I cry because I feel like I don't deserve the criticism, and I feel destroyed by it. And so that's pride. Or maybe you spiral, and, like, you have to ask yourself, what is this revealing about my heart? Where's my treasure? Where's my value? Because if the moment someone kind of critiques you, gives you advice, corrects you in something... And if it absolutely destroys you, there's something going on inside your heart. And I'm saying that as someone who is trying to figure out what's going on inside their heart. Um, how we re- react to criticism reveals something about us. Um, and Moses reacted in a way that showed that he was fully aware that he was a weak sinner who needed the Lord. And that's what we are. We're weak sinners who are going to mess up. We can have an abundance of grace from one another. But we also have to realize that like we are not perfect and we have to receive that criticism and trust that the Lord's forgiveness is good and covers us completely, and there's hope for change. Um, but also sometimes criticism isn't always true, right? I I think that a lot of times we get criticized for something, and it's not true. So it's like it takes a lot of wisdom and discernment. Um, That's yeah. what I
3: was going to say. Because Moses, throughout his whole lifetime, we watched him do things like this, where he receives yes. advice or criticism, and he says, okay, this is from the Lord. This, mm-hmm. is, this is good. This is great. And he just goes with it and he alters whatever he's doing to fit this critique or suggestion. Mm-hmm. But then we see other times where there are people like, well, we should do this and you should do this. And he's like, no,
2: this yeah. is a terrible
3: idea. What are you talking about? And so he can discern the good from the not-so-good. Mm. Yeah. And I am horrible at that. <laughs> like, too. If someone tells me anything, mm. I think okay, well, I have to fix it. Mm-hmm. So I have a very bad filter about truthful criticism
0: mm-hmm.
3: or, like, or like criticism based in love and we want you to succeed and we want you to do well. Like, the criticism that David gives me when he's like, Andrea, something's not going right. Like, here's what we need to fix. Everything David says is based in love, right? Even if it does make me cry, even if it is really hard to hear, everything he says is loving, it is helpful, it's at the right time, all that good stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So even if it's hurtful, it's helpful. (laughs) But other criticism is just jealousy or Mm -hmm. not true or any kind of different things. And that's what's the hardest for me is because Mm. I don't want to disappoint anyone.
0: You're right. I don't want anyone to
3: think negatively of me. I don't want anyone to have a poor view of me or anything. And so if someone says, I don't have a good criticism, but like, if someone says something unkind about me to me and they tell me about it, I'm like, I start to do what, what you said. I'm like, okay, do other people notice this? Hmm. Am I really this way? Am I really this way? Like, do I really act this way? I'll start to go ask hmm. people that I'm like, well, you would tell me if I was doing this, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it happens so often that I'm like, hmm. are they protecting my feelings now too? Like, right. is... Where are the people that are gonna give me truthful criticism? Where are the ones that are gonna say where are the ones that are gonna hold up my arms and say, Right, yes this is true, no this is false, no this is from the Lord, no, because people that are giving us critiques now are sinners. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be right sometimes, mm-hmm. but they're gonna be wrong sometimes. Right. And they're gonna not have the Lord's view of, of things, and they're not gonna have the big picture in mind. Mm-hmm. That's what's so hard for me because yeah. I want everyone to feel fine about me,
0: Mm -hmm. you know? I want to
3: take everyone's criticism and do what everyone needs me to do, Hmm. but you can't. You can't. And it's so hard because how do I know which ones are based in love Mm -hmm. and which ones are not? (laughs) Because even the most loving friend could give me a criticism or a critique that's wrong.
0: Right. Well, what do we see Moses do anytime that the Israelites complain or critique him or criticize him? He, like,
3: runs straight to the Lord. He's like, okay, Lord, what do we need to do here? Right. And then he tells them, so basically he lets the Lord make the decision, which is mm-hmm. what we should be doing. Yeah. Which is helpful because... If the greatest, one of the greatest Old Testament dudes runs mm-hmm.
0: to the Lord for these things, then I don't have to be the one to it. Yeah. Which is lovely.
3: Yeah. Because I am incapable.
0: Right. And we're like, we're complex people. There's a lot of different parts of our heart and we're not, and like the Lord knows the depths of our heart. And so like, if we go to him with all the critiques and the things that we think we're doing wrong and we lay at his feet, we can trust that he'll be the one to show us step by step. What to change, if to change, how to react. Um, but yeah, it's definitely not easy. And um, Moses gets a lot of critique in his life. But for some reason, Jethro's hits home. And it's because Jethro focuses on the Lord. He's so gentle and kind. The Israelites, when they critique Moses, they're like, we're going to stone you because we're thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> You know? Totally different. And then Jethro comes in and he's like, Moses, you're an amazing man of God and God loves you and he's gonna guide you. This is what I think you should do, but take it to the Lord. Like totally different, right? Like so different. Um but yeah, so the basis of the of these two chapters is to bear one another's burdens and to allow other people to bear your burdens. Um Galatians six two, I won't read it, but Basically, it's just a command that we're called to bear one another's burdens in love. Um, it's a command for the church, and so this is throughout the Bible. It's a command for us, um, but bearing each other's burdens isn't always easy, right? So, what does it look like practically to bear the burdens of your friends? What does that look like? Pray for them. To pray for them, yeah.
1: And not just the one time at group
3: mm. when they
0: can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah commit to it throughout the week yeah
2: just random check-ins yeah, yeah.
0: random check-ins
2: i also think just like listening like mm. not necessarily saying anything back not giving advice like there's all like there's a great time for that and, like that's all usually welcome but a lot of times it's just like sitting there and listening yeah And like letting someone vent yeah without expectations of how you say anything hmm.
0: yeah that's good
2: also that's really
0: hard for me because I f- I hate awkward silence or silence Luke always tells me he's like you don't have to talk you're okay <laughs> just <laughs> sit in silence <laughs> <laughs> not in about like he tells me that about other people too he's like you can just like let it be I'm like but I just can't <laughs> <laughs> What are you going to say, Andrea?
3: Uh, oh, so, like, practically help them,
0: hmm. like, figure out Yeah.
3: what you can do. If someone, like, if you have a friend who's stressed with, like, dishes and laundry and work or whatever, like,
1: mm-hmm.
3: if they can't figure it out, sit down with them and be like, okay, maybe you have too many dishes, or maybe you're using the wrong soap so your dishes never get mm. clean, mm. or maybe we need to help you figure out a new laundry thing, like, you know, that's an odd thing for us to be helping each other with but if that is the practical help that someone needs right then do it like, right if you have the skills and you have the time and like help them with that if that's what they need help with
2: oh yeah
0: you know yeah for sure doing a load of someone's laundry when they just had a baby or someone they loved passed away like that can be so much better than i don't know anything else
3: or even like they're eventually gonna have to do it on their yeah right like it's eventually gonna have to be their responsibility you can't come over every week and do it Hmm. forever right right so not only helping them but so like what I fall into is like with things like that if I go through a rough couple of weeks I'm just in a hole like (laughs) it is much easier to maintain Mm -hmm. a clean organized schedule mind home life closet all the things right but if you're so far gone Mm. there's no hope out of the laundry hole there's no hope out of the schedule hole there's no hope out of the mental clarity mm. and all those things affect it like you can't you can't get out yeah right? and so even just taking time to help someone physically like okay let's clean your room like let's get your mm. room actually clean so you can focus on 10 minutes a day maintaining it or like let's focus on getting rid of half of your clothing so that you don't have to wash as much and so that mm. you don't go through 47 yeah. shirts before you do your laundry you know yeah. like Helping in practical ways because yeah. we have real burdens and mm. they're not easy, right. but there are things that we can help each other with mm. in real life practically Yeah, so that it can be easier for them to carry the things that they have to carry by themselves. Right. Like I can't carry you know, something really bad happened to you previously, I can't carry that for you. Mm. You know, I can pray for you and I can come alongside you and help you do other things, but you're the one that has to work through those things, you know? Mm. So if I can make the other parts of your life easier to hold, that means you can focus on Mm. the things that are really, really, really yours. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Yeah. I know what
0: you mean. Yeah, and with all this talk about burdens, I think it's it's, it's good to remember that ultimately the the ultimate burden carrier is God, right? Like I can try to, we can try to hold all each other's burdens, right? We can say everything that's bothering us and lay it here in the middle of the floor, right on pieces of paper. We can all take it. But ultimately we won't ever be able to bear those burdens perfectly like Christ can. And so in Matthew 11, I was reading it, yesterday i believe it, it jesus says come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden and i will give you rest take my burden upon you for i am gentle and lowly in spirit and you will find rest for your souls and so the ultimate burden carrier is christ himself and not only is he our burden carrier but he's our burden taker right he takes our sin he forgives us of our sin and when we put our trust in him all our burdens even though they feel so heavy right now he takes them for us and he helps us with them um so if you're sitting here right now and you're like no one is holding my burdens someone is and it's Christ so look to him because you can look to other people and they will always fail you like no one is ever going to carry a burden as perfectly as Christ can and so we can't we can't ever be the perfect burden carrier and no one will ever be the perfect burden carrier for you but only Christ will so Look to him. He's the one that will hold up your arms and never grow weary of doing it. Um, and, yeah, he is good. He is gracious. And he will give us the strength that we need every day. Um, so, yeah, this is a longer lesson tonight. Thanks for sitting through it. It was, like, almost a whole hour. Um, but I'll pray for us, and then we'll pray. <laughs> um, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you so much for this amazing story and Exodus. Just... Um, The picture of what true friendship looks like, um, what it looks like to carry one another's burdens, what it looks like to accept help, um, and Lord, how hard it can be and how we all lean towards a different way that sometimes we want to just keep all our burdens to ourselves or we don't want to ask for help or... um, yeah, Lord, just how burdensome that can be. And I know everyone here is struggling with something different. Lord, would you show us what it means to not only give you our burdens, but to allow other people to help us with our burdens. And Lord, also give us the strength to help one another with our burdens. Sometimes we can be so burdened by our own burdens, we forget that other people have burdens as well. So Lord, teach us what it means to bear one another's burdens, but to ultimately give those to you. And um, Lord, teach us because you do it perfectly and we want to learn how to do it. And God, keep us humble, keep our eyes focused on you. Help us see how much you love us. Thank you.